Space Voralex, Finding Kimigo. Listen to audio extracts from this exciting companion to 2B Acting Selective Interactive Video Production, now showing on InView. If you enjoy adventures, conspiracy theories, and a gripping story, then this podcast is for you. Updated every two weeks. This extract from the Space Voralex, Finding Kimigo book is a work of fiction, names, characters, places, incidents and dialogues are products of the artist's imagination and should not be considered in any way as facts. Any resemblance to life or people, living or dead, events or theories is entirely coincidental. Visit 2beacting.com for information about the Space Voralex selective interactive video and how to obtain a copy of the book. Extract Summary The main character, Misha, is poised to take a drastic step that will end her life as she knows it. However, before she does, she documents how obsession, artificial intelligence and a savior complex has led to her decision. In this podcast, Misha is called to the hospital after her girlfriend, Kimigo, unexpectedly collapsed. Chapter 1, Part 1 What's Wrong? How to avoid the congestion at the upcoming junction. 20 minutes from full rush hour traffic and already ahead I see a line of cars blocking the turning onto the main road. A likely 10 minutes to add to this frantic rush to get to the hospital. Decision made, the car wheel is roughly pulled steering it down the longer but faster back route. Frustration builds with each speed bump driven over. The council did a good job, for their deterrent works, causing me to question coming this way. However, time has to be saved, so this annoyance has to be endured. Answering the hands-free speaker announcement of an incoming call is a much-needed distraction. Christina. Misha where are you? On my way. How is she? You have to get here. What's happening? Her parents are coming. When? Who called them? The hospital. Is Kimigo okay? It's bad Misha. Come soon. I have to go. The call ends, bringing with it tears. A glassy fog obscures my vision. For a moment the vehicle has no forward motion. Thoughts as to what, it's bad, meant, makes my stomach churn. Enough. Damn the speed bumps. Foot jammed on the accelerator causes the car to respond, careering at speed over each and every one of them. Finally reaching the hospital, I park in the overpriced charging zone. Then, to my frustration, I literally waste the 10 minutes saved having to download and register to use the car parking app. Almost destroying poor Betsy's suspension was completely unnecessary. Betsy is the name of my small lilac blue car, which I adore by the way but not as much as Kimigo, judging by how hard the car door is slammed behind me in the rush towards the hospital's reception. Standing in the slow-moving reception queue adds to my anxiety. A glance at my mobile shows it has only been 48 minutes since the dreadful news but it feels so much longer. Anger rises as I look at the slow-moving receptionist. Doesn't she notice that her lethargic actions in offering the service she is being paid to provide is causing the queue to grow longer by the minute? To quell the rising urge to scream and tell her to move her lazy ass a little faster, I turn my mind as to what to do, if Kimiego's parents are already here. Sadly, I am not liked by them. They are not as overtly homophobic, as the case with my parents, but they have made it very clear that they want me as far away from their daughter as possible. 
Although Kimigo disagrees, it is obvious that being a refugee is for them a major factor. They are a family with well-respected roots in their community. Her father is the head of a Quango council that has taken on the responsibility of organizing their town's major social events. Her parents thrive on keeping to traditions. For them appearance is everything. Accepting that their daughter is gay, was much easier to tolerate, than having to allow a foreign influence into their mix. Their ultimatum, for Kimigo to choose between living under their roof, or to continue, with what they called a foolhardy relationship, with a parasite, led to the happiest day of my life. We now live in a wonderful apartment together. I wake up every morning with her radiance beside me. Can I help you? Yes. Kimigo Hampton please. She came into AE. For some reason giving the information to this receptionist causes her to slow right down, as she shuffles through papers on her desk. She then walks away, disappearing into a back room. Five minutes later she returns, sits and stare at her computer screen, as if trying to work out what the device in front of her is used for. Kimi Ego Hampton. Saying the name makes her look up. She smiles then begins typing. Yes. Third floor. Complex B. You can go up if you like. If I like. Why else would I be here? Thank you. Wait. You will need a mask, and please use the hand sanitizer before going into the lift. Again delay, as another app has to be downloaded and registration completed to pay for the mask. This is a cashless hospital. Of course it is. With relief, the door of the elevator opens. Half walking, half running, I follow the confusingly positioned signs to Complex B. Rounding the corner to the ward, I am abruptly greeted by Christina, who throws herself into my arms. We are roommates, but she is more our sister. I can only imagine what it must have been like for her to find her friend, on the floor of our kitchen. Christina's warm tears soak through my thin blouse. Although there is a desperate urge to see my girlfriend, it feels right to wait. Slowly she gains her composure. Sorry. It's okay. How is Kimigo? She's in there. They won't let me in. Only relatives. Really? Anger flares. Without waiting for any permission, I head for the room, walking past the nurse's station. Excuse me. Can I help you? A wave acknowledges the nurse's concern, which does nothing to stop me entering the small bed space. There are four, medical beds, two on either side of the room. The two nearest the door, are occupied, neither patient being Kimigo. Further down the small ward an empty bed, near the window on the right, means my love must be on the opposite bed, hidden behind the fully drawn curtains around it. Can I help you? Is that Kimigo? Are you a relative? I'm her sister. It was obvious from the nurse's face that she wanted to challenge the lie. The mask makes it difficult for her to be sure, but my complexion is clearly that of a foreigner. Not that dark, but definitely not white. Her sister. What's wrong with her? Before an answer is received, within a few steps, I am able to draw back the curtain. The shock is overwhelming. Kimego's frail body lies unmoving. She is unconscious. A breathing mask, attached to a large tube, 
covers her face. It is connected to a machine making a strange pumping noise. On her head is a skull cap with wires, connected to a monitoring device, with a display that makes no sense. There is a drip in her arm, intravenously feeding some sort of clear liquid. Clamped around her other arm is some sort of pressure pad, matching the pad wrapped around her chest. Both have wires, that along with clips, attached to two of her fingers, are plugged into another machine, at the end of the bed. This device constantly emits a rhythmical beeping sound. I'm afraid I must ask you to leave. Movement is not possible, only tears, lots of them. A second nurse appears, abruptly pushing past me, to close the curtain. Hiding her does nothing to remove the image. What's wrong with her? You need to leave. Without resistance I allow the two nurses to lead me out of the room, right into the path of Kimago's parents. What is, she, doing here? Dazed, there is no response to the verbal abuse being dished out by Kimago's father, thankfully directed at the innocent nurses. Him accusing them of lapse security, letting any Tom, Dick or Harry, approach his daughter's bedside. This is cited, as just one of the reasons why she has to be moved to a more competent hospital. His loathing look in my direction, as he continues his onslaught of my character, is caught by the approaching doctor. Arriving just in time to relieve the ears of the verbally bludgeoned nurses. Ordinarily, being a bystander to my character assassination, is something that would never happen, but it is hard to shake the image of seeing the one I love, strapped to those machines. What's wrong with Kimigo? The words are said much louder than intended, resulting in an immediate silence from the gathering. Sensing my distress the doctor approaches. With the calmest voice I've ever heard, he guides me into a small waiting room. Sitting as instructed, he asks for a moment, then leaves, closing the door behind him. Outside, the heated discussion resume. Although muted, the doctor's emphatic words that, there is nothing that can be done, brings a halt to the commotion. It also sends a shiver through every part of my body, leaving me icy cold. What does that mean? Footsteps indicate the departure of the Hamptons, which should have been a relief, but my mind would not let go of the, nothing, can be done. That is the end of the extract for this podcast. In the next podcast, another extract from the Space Vorilex, Finding Kimigo book. Misha, shocked by the news of her girlfriend's hospital diagnosis, has to face a day of surreal happenings with a shocking conclusion. Podcast narrated by AI-generated voices, Ryan and Sonia. Note, the extracts may not accurately reflect the words contained in the published book. For more information, visit 2beacting.com or be part of this exciting adventure by playing the Space Vorilex Selective Interactive video, now showing on 2B Acting's InView channel.